Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Bean Dad. The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of It Could Happen Here with a twist. Um, This is the holiday special, as it were. Um, So... You know, buckle up, you know, Santa might make an appearance. Um, but I just want to take a moment to discuss, you know, this whole idea um, of Christmas, this practice, this globally celebrated uh, cultural festivity. And um, I guess some of the, not to be stereotypically leftist, but the issues I have with it, um, alongside, um, I think, some of the uh, best um, and most I think, um, hopeful elements within it. And I don't know about the rest of you. Um, and by the way, I'm joined by Garrison and Christopher. I'm right. very excited. We get to, we get to finally talk about the issue that I've been wanting to talk about ever since, ever since we started the show, how telling your kids that Santa exists is actually child abuse. This is very exciting. I'm glad we can have this civil discussion to 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 cover these these hard hitting topics that are impacting us most in uh, in 2022. I'm trying. Are you trying to say this is like a, a Santa abolitionist or something? Yes, I, I I think the the fact that we condone lying to children in this way every Christmas is, is sick. I'm sorry, but that's that's so politically unrealistic. I don't know how it's you have a platform. I can't, I can't take that seriously. Um it teaches our kids not to trust us. Um it it, <laughs> it it start it is really an extension of the great man theory. 
uh, that Santa as this man is the only one capable of delivering all these presents. I, I think it's, I think it's mm, quite, mm. are you quite, trying to say it's also a manifestation of patriarchy? That's right. It is, it is quite, it's, it's quite problematic. Um, you know, those elves are not getting paid. Uh, you know, that Santa has tried to bust unions at his workshop every year. Um, I don't think those reindeer yeah. are treated very well. Um, there is a, a, a whole, a whole lot of issues here. Yeah, it's a normalization of the surveillance state. It, That's uh, right. Uh, Elf on the it, Shelf, it gives, classic. Yeah. Elf on the Shelf came to rise after the Patriot Act was introduced to condition American <laughs> children into thinking it's okay to always be watched. This is, it's, it's, this is, this is sick. Uh, parents are culpable in promoting this myth. Um, I think this needs to be addressed. You know what I think? You know what I think? I think you all need to be Christmas-pilled. I don't know about you all, but I love... <laughs> I love Christmas. I think um I think it's I think we need to take a Christmas pill. Um you know of course the actual gift getting hasn't been the best, you know, especially once you get past a certain age it's like, oh, okay. This is what it is then. Uh but you know, the the unity and the joy and the excitement. I mean, what about that? You know, the the colors, the food and the drink, getting people together, um catching up. You know, it's celebrated in many different ways, religiously and non-religiously and of course it's not even celebrated at all um in some places and with some people um and you know there are other religious observances and holidays around this time you know like Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and whatever else but you know I think uh, a lot of us are most familiar with Christmas and I think we're you know mostly familiar with the origins of Christmas that's not the kind of episode we're getting into here um I think you know we all know about Jesus and Yule and Saturnalia and all that fun stuff. Nor is it about Charles Dickens and Scrooge and, of course, the um, the diagram of um, Scrooge and Grinch and, you know, whether or not those two concepts overlap. But I want to look more to the, the sort of, you know, ideas of what Christmas is, what it means, you know, um, and really how a lot of our society's issues come to the forefront around this time of year. Um, the scourge of Scrooge is particularly apparent. I mean, for many, Christmas is basically capitalism on steroids, for one, um, and Santa <laughs> helps to sort of promote that from an early age as a propaganda tool of the capitalist, as I'm sure Kara right. would, um, would argue. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Great. Yeah. Great I stuff. Mean, well, that's the episode, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> I hope you I hope you have a good holiday season. Oh, wait, I I'm I think Andrew has more to say. Yeah, I think we're wrapping up a little bit early there. You know, um, but you know, we can't talk about the fact that, you know, Santa really is um a big fan of this like ultimate you know, you know this GDP growth sort of inducing this this pro growthist capitalist uh production for production's sake consumption for consumption's sake like the idea that santa uh expects children to write and request something from him every single year um that he 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 stakes an entire holiday upon his own business and upon his own you know production his whole industrial apparatus is centered around this one event um and i mean the sort of consumption we see around Christmas season is like it ramps up, you know, online stores, department stores, malls, just bursting with, with people um, looking to buy, buy, buy um, all around the world. 
in America, at least 2019, saw Americans spend over $1 trillion just on the Christmas season. I mean, it's just glorious excess, honestly. Uh, and of course, there's also the excessive, you know, decorating and shopping and drinking and the issues that sort of arise with um, those things. And that sort of overindulgence is part of what's seriously harming the planet. Not to, you know, blame individuals exclusively because, you know, obviously the sort of thing is encouraged by, you know, advertising and by entire industries that are built around, around this this idea of consumerism. But the holiday is basically, you know, you know, it's become this thing where the focal point is to indulge, to splurge, to consume. Um, and you see it in a lot of Christmas movies too. I mean, Christmas with the Cranks is one particularly iconic example. And with all this, you know, consumerism, it feels like we lose sight of the purpose, you know, of the gift giving. I don't think we've lost our selfless nature, but I think we've lost some of the heart within it. I think it's by design. Uh, a natural tendency to care for the people in our lives is sort of exploited. Um, you know, we're expected by the system to act super hyper-competitively in the spirit of capitalism. But now we have to be super generous and caring around this time of year, but just in a way that just so happens to profit capitalists anyways. Like, yeah, yeah, be generous, be caring and stuff. Buy this gift for your, you know, your, your loved one and I will pocket the change. And I don't think it has to be that way, but the commercialization of what were once holy days is, you know, it tends to do that. And of course, with all these soup kitchens and canned food drives and Red Cross Santas outside groceries, pulling a ling in for some donations. Um, and by the way, don't donate to Red Cross. They're kind of problematic. Uh, Salvation Army. Do not, do not donate to Salvation Army. Oh, Salvation don't Army. Honestly, okay. either of them. My bad. <laughs> Uh, they both oh, wait, suck, red, red. I think red I was confusing Cross, them. Red Cross just takes credit for anarchist projects in the relief of d- disasters, and uh, Salvation Army hates gay people. So and also know. has also has shot anarchists. Um, a thing they don't talk about very much. Oh damn! That should probably be an episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's another way of that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, it's like. All this stuff is happening and um, it's like this sort of performance of, oh, all of a sudden we care about, um, what's the name of that little kid from um, Christmas Carol? Tiny Tim. No, uh, Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim, yeah. Tiny, all of a sudden we care about Tiny Tim in a system that literally requires an impoverished base of people. You know, poverty is suddenly this virtue that we... We look to help to ameliorate and we care for, you know, we, we want to uplift the tiny Tims. We want to warm the hearts of the Scrooge McDucks of the world. The rest of the year, it's just like, oh, well, you know, this underclass, this perpetual underclass needs to exist. I think the extension of our tendency towards mutual aid throughout the year and across bonds of kin and non-kin alike um, is something that we should pursue. Um, to prefigure a gift economy, um, not just around a particular season, but year round. I think that is a worthwhile exercise to, to look into. And of course, I think, you know, ideally we would want to see, I guess we could call this my Christmas wish, um, a readjustment to this sort of consumption around this time of year to one that is 
done with a sort of a degrowth mindset, the one that is cognizant of you know local conditions, the one that seeks to reduce food miles, localize the production consumption. So that's I guess wish number one, Christmas wish number one. Let's um let's make a gift economy rather than a capitalist uh, gift consumption day. And of course, I think our next Christmas wish on this topic would be a wish for work abolition. You know, with all that consumption happening around this time of year, it really does a number on the service and manufacturing and delivery and so on and so forth. Workers around the world, you know, work sucks in general, but it extra sucks around this time of year. Um, you know, with sweatshop labor, with retail hell around this season, it's really the opposite of peace on earth for a good chunk of the working class. You could call it the uh, season for overworking. And it's not just for, um, you know, Gare's token oppressed group, you know, the elves. Like there are other workers <laughs> that are being exploited that we, we, we should probably be championing. Yeah, we, we talked about this in... Uh a couple of the China episodes that I did, but one of the big reasons for the, the, the sort of huge like worker uprisings in China in the last like few weeks was that like basically a bunch of people got locked into a factory because Foxconn and Apple were trying to hit their Christmas like production targets and yeah. people started fighting the cops because they were like, this actually sucks. I don't want to be stuck in here being lied to about how much I'm going to get paid so that, these companies can have their Christmas sales. I mean, yeah, definitely. I think it's completely fair to say that the worker elves are very mistreated. Um, but with the exception, I think of specifically the elf on the shelf elves, I don't think those count as workers. The elf on the shelf elves are cops. They only function as snitches for the surveillance state. So yes, the elf workers are, are mistreated, um, and should unionize and and should should deserve way more support and possibly even the abolition of of work. But the elf on the shelf elves are not workers. I think that's a that's an important distinction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like they're they're, they're class traitors more than anything. E- exactly. Yeah. Very blatantly. So yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? 
why did the internet choose them, and what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time, and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jin, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean! Huh? Oh! Oh! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really is, you know, the season for Ufa Weekend. You know, with all this... It's very interesting that that's really what triggered the, the protests in China. I mean, I would love to see celebrations and festivals of giving in any sort of anarchic society, but it isn't fair, nor is it right, that these festivities are um, built on the exploitation of others. I mean, what kind of celebration is it to be had when people are suffering in such a capacity to produce that sort of celebration? And speaking of suffering, I think um, there are a lot of people who suffer through family around this time of year. And I think some people actually appreciate having to work through the holidays because it means they don't have to deal with said family. And I mean, family is a big focus and the sort of culture of Christmas. But, you know, unlike the greeting cards and the billboards and stuff, not everyone's family is picture perfect and holidays often open a lot of wounds and heightened dread for a lot of people. Um, hurt people, continue to hurt people, um, and a lot of toxicity and intoxication is brought under one roof um, during Christmas celebrations, bigotry, abuse, that sort of thing. It's not a fun time for some people. And so I think it's important uh, in this season and in general to let go of this sort of patriarchal and restricting designation of family in favor of something that is more subject to, to choice, to agency, uh, to consent, to, you know, more expanded forms of kinship, bringing people together who care for and enjoy and want to share each other's company, you know, creating new traditions, to build new bonds of solidarity and care. Um, I think, you know, opportunities like these, seasons like these, uh, enable us to demonstrate the veracity of, the liberation that can be had in all projects. And I think it's something that a lot of people need 
around this season because mental health woes seem to worsen around this time of year. The often toxic culture of Christmas can be fairly bad for people's mental health, you know, with loneliness and depression and suicide and the struggle to care for your basic needs, let alone enjoy the season. It takes a big toll on people's well-being. I know it's easy to say, oh, just go to therapy and whatever. Um, but with the inaccessibility of therapy and with the fact that, um, you know, therapy is not necessarily a salve for material conditions, um, there needs to be a social safety net in place. There must be healing in community and not just in isolation. Um, and so I think this season is another opportunity for us to reflect on that and to you know, try to avail ourselves to those who um, we fear might be suffering at this time. So, and if you yourself are suffering, you know, to try and reach out and sort of engage in that sort of mutual, mutual aid, that mutual support. I think there's a lot that we can reframe and reconsider surrounding Christmas. I mean, for a season of kindness and giving, it unfortunately hurts a lot of people, um, but that can change. You know, through solidarity, through generosity, through kinship, solidarity organized from the bottom up, the extension of the principle of mutually into everyday life, um, redirecting our generosity around this time from giving to the pockets of billionaires to giving to the people, um, to display our capacity for well-doing, uh, to think locally, to think DIY, to think meaningful rather than to just, oh, add another thing to the Amazon cart. Uh, and of course, not just physically giving gifts, but also being generous with our time and our love and our care because we do need each other, um, not just in this time, but in general. I think Bread Santa had some um, entertaining suggestions for this season too. Bread Santa, of course, being Peter Kropotkin, he figured that we should all pose as Santa Claus, uh, perhaps yeah, as a subversion of what he represents as a capitalist, but to all pose as Santa Claus or as Saint Nicholas and to infiltrate the stores and give away the toys. Um, and one postcard Krobotkin wrote that on the night before Christmas, we'll all be about. While the people are sleeping, we'll realize our clout. We'll expropriate goods from the stores because that's fair and distribute them widely to those who need care. So, yeah. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all, and to all a good fight for freedom. <laughs> you can, of course, uh, find me on YouTube at Andrewism on twitter.com slash underscore St. Drew. And if you want, you can support me on patreon.com slash St. Drew. That's it for me uh, for this year, for it could happen here. See you all next year. Great. Destroyist icon Santa Claus. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 
16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.